Climb aboard the gamble train for Railroad Tycoon on Amigos, episode 360. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. Shut up, John. It's my turn to talk. Okay. It's me, Aaron. Amigo Aaron. No, I'm just kidding. Listener, buddy, our good buddy, Boat. Just celebrated a birthday! Yay! Tell them how old you are, Boat. I'm 41. Oh, 41 years listen. Old. It's so nice that you lie to the people, but I wanted to give you a little goodie, Boat, because we love you. Oh, man. And this Look is, at this. this I'm not, I didn't do a half job with this thing. I kind of guessed at your age here. I don't know if I can get that on camera. Here it is. This is Boat's that age. That looks like 58. That's, well, I, just, I was close. Listen. It's not that bad. So I want you to blow out your candle here, Boat. Is this one of those trick candles? Listen, I don't want to put your uh, your health in jeopardy with some kind of trick candle, Boat. <laughs> but I wanted to give you a little birthday treat there, Boat. All right. I, you don't have to eat that now, but well, give, it a, give, give it a good blow, Boat. Do what you do best. <laughs> hey! Thank you. Happy Thank birthday. Thank you very much. Now I eat it all, Boat. I will kidding. eat it as soon as we finish the show today. I got this for you in, uh, at Point Pleasant when we were out oh, there, and man. I never gave it to you. So here's a little birthday goodie as well. Look at this. It's a rolled piece of parchment. Yeah. It's a rolled piece of parchment. It's a little, just a little something. I just saw it up there. I think I mentioned it. It's a little bit. Oh, yeah. Little Look at Beatles. that. Sid Bernstein presents the Beatles. Also, this is at Shea. This is 1965, I think. It was the first time that Shea Stadium had ever been sold out by a pop group. Yeah, because you know the Mets weren't going to do it. No, no. They were no. horrible, but yeah. So, yeah, I know you're a big Beatles fan. Thank guy. you, I just man. Saw it up I there. will put this on well, the really, wall of wonder. really, to commemorate our trip down to Mothman City there. So, there you go. Now, listen. <laughs> before we actually start the show proper, tell everyone what it's like to hit the big 5-8. Well, you know, it's funny because I went to the band room yesterday. Yeah, I'll set this over there. And uh, the kids all came in. And, uh, and and some of them said happy birthday. Some of them had no idea. But I told them ahead of time. I was like, listen, it's my birthday because yeah. I was angling. I'm always angling, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I understand. And so I gave at the end of the at the end of the rehearsal, I was like, all right, let's have a party because I didn't have a party. So I used to have a party with the kids, you know. Yeah. And so I used all of the remaining boat fest soda. Yeah. <laughs> I trucked is. all that in. And I gave the kids soda, and I gave the kids... And it's funny, because when you're a kid, when you're in middle school, you know, a lot of these kids, they just... Their parents don't give them pop, you know? Yeah. And so when they get pop, they Is feel that really like, true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they're like... They feel like they're holding the holy grail. Like, I gave a kid a can of Mountain Dew, and he was yeah. like, thank you. I bet his mother thanked you as well <laughs> when you got home. And so the kids were drinking pop. They were singing. They were carrying on. They loved it. So yeah. I was so happy... Not only to bring joy to myself for having people to celebrate my birthday with, but being able to celebrate it with people that also enjoy it. Well, listen, I'll, I think I can speak for a lot of people. We wish you a happy birthday, Boat. Thank you. It's been a good year, Boat. You've done a, you've done sterling work, and I would suggest to you next year that you hold Boat Fest a couple weeks later to coincide with oh, your birthday. It makes too much idea. sense not to happen. Not a bad you know? idea. So there you go. We're doing it next year. Now, you may carry on with your preconceived baloney. Aaron, have you ever thought about becoming a hobo? <laughs> what do you mean, thought about it? Have you seen what I wear? <laughs> I'm talking about your classic hobo. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, you ride the rails. You're not above shiving a sucker. Oh, that's true. Well, let me tell you something, Boat. First of all, you, you, to be a hobo, what do you got to have? All right? 
you got to be sort of a not care about yourself. Right. Kind of crappy beard, long cruddy hair. Down on your luck. Bam, right. And then, you know, I I prefer, you could say hobo, right? but I used to watch Kung Fu. Remember Kung Fu? Mm-hmm. Kwa Chang Kane was not a hobo. He wandered the earth. Right. That's better. It's like a ronin. That's right. You know, he go. He went around, and then he righted wrongs. Mm-hmm. He, you know, now he did. A, I got beat up a lot, but I mean, that's sort of the. If I was gonna hobo, that's what I would try to do. But I know how it would end up. Me drinking Sterno out behind someone's outhouse or barn, <laughs> and they'd find me face down in the mud. You know, sometimes when I was a kid, I used to think there were hobos around here. Yeah. Because if you walk down, like when I used to walk down to Street Corner Comics down by the Go Mart. You know, you'd see there are still people that sort of wander around that area. That, oh, yeah. They're, kind of, they're sort of the modern-day hobo. Well, you know, if you go to Hurricane at one time, people probably don't know this about Hurricane. This was a kind of a decent train town. Yeah. Had, let me rephrase it. It had a stop here. had a depot. <clears throat> had a depot. And so there was a time when we got to a lot of trains, but it was before, way before we were around. But there are places that are train towns, and there are still uh, people that ride the rails, mm-hmm. but it's not like it used to be. And I don't think, I'm always wondering if it was ever like the movies. Right. You know, where the guys jump in this open boxcar. Like, who's doing that? Yeah. They don't close boxcars in the 20s or whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I often wonder about that. But it is, there's sort of, there's a romantic side of it. How many movies have involved guys riding the rails? Exactly. And there's something appealing about going to bed. You know, you're going to sleep in your, your freight car, and you open up the door in the morning, you're in a brand new place. Yeah. Remember remember the Frosty the Snowman cartoon? Mm-hmm. They hobo in there. Remember yeah. they go and they go all the way to the North Pole. That's right. That. That's right. That's a horrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hobo your how, way to the North Pole. Think about being in a like today it's what about eighty seven outside. Like think about what it's like in an un air conditioned open box car. Yeah. No good. And what do you think people what do you think hobos are doing in those box cars? They're not in there cleaning. I, I can tell you I that. Tell you what they're doing. They're doing their business. That's right. And there's no TP. There's no nothing. <laughs> nope. So there's not a lot of hobos that make it to the right page of 58. I can tell you that. Now, where did you? Because the only thing I always think about with the hobo is you have the stick with the with the kerchief tied around all your belongings. The, the hobo bag. That's right. Did you ever construct your own hobo bag? I as have. A child? As a kid, I did. But mm-hmm. I, you ever wonder what they put in the bag? What's so important that a hobo has to carry it around at all times? I don't know. I assume that's where the hooch is. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you think we'd keep that in the old breast pocket. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one thing about, the funny thing about hobos, hobos of the yesteryear were better dressers than the sharp very true. They were dandyish. They always had a jacket. It's just their suit was dirty. Right, right. But they, a polka dot shirt seemed to. And those, <laughs> and ties, yeah, too. Tie, yeah. A real ugly tie. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, hobos. Now, what would a hobo today wear? I would say pajamas, be yeah, my guess. Pajama pants, you know, for sure. And and fake flip, Burberry cap, flip flops. What are those horrible? The Crocs. Crocs. Yep. That's it. <laughs> that know? seems like a safety hazard on a train. It's, <laughs> oh, oh you're yeah. You're running to jump on a train. It's just like you get Listen, that thing caught on spike. You're not going to want to run in Crocs. That's no. That'd it be is. a fitting death for a hobo. <laughs> oh, this uh, freight car Jones had his Croc caught on a railroad spike <laughs> and was ran over by a boxcar. We'll miss him. You know, and all of his fiddles. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, what game are we playing? Keep the all hobo the, one? Keep all this in mind as we talk <laughs> about today's game. <laughs> that, that's, that's what they're taking with them, eh? But first here, we got to talk about this week's Amiga News. <laughs> You're killing me with your with nonsensical baloney, but I'm telling you. All right, Aaron, we're going to kick things off with a video from the one, the only, Chris Edwards Restoration about a Commodore. Now, Aaron, I want you to listen closely here because this is not a CD TV. <laughs> yeah. This is a DC TV. Oh, yeah. These were, I remember seeing magazine ads for these. 
Listen, I watched this video from from uh, Chris. Yeah, this, I don't. I missed this one. However, uh, I've went years and years, and I've, I've got no idea what these are. I remember seeing the ads in the magazines for them. They were beautiful ads. I think there's some kind of graphic enhancement, but I don't know what they do. Well, what you, it, it allows you. I think it's another sort of video production device where you can run a your your Amiga in. You can run your TV through your Amiga, yeah. so you can have like a live preview of what's going on. I watched this video, but it was it, we forgot to cover it last week, so I've already forgotten. But what he well, does then. is he actually uses he's got a monitor that has a one of these gimmicks where you've got two inputs. And you can run picture-in-picture picture mode, right? Oh, ooh, and so he's able, so you can see what the, the, the DC TV is generating at the same time while he's doing stuff with the Amiga. Okay. So, I've got to watch this because I, I need a crash course on DC TV. These things were quite the uh, uh, magazine staple for a while, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. They were in a lot of mags back in the day. So yeah. I'd have to look into it. Pretty cool. Yeah. Leave it to Chris. Now our next story, Aaron. We got a we got a lot of gaming news this week, which is very always very exciting. Yeah, uh, I just watched a, a thirty minute documentary on the history of Wonder Boy. It was great. It was great. I don't know anything about Wonder Boy. You know, you I was, really had time to kill that during the summer. Now that right it's there. summertime, I, I watch whatever I want. So um, <laughs> this is a Wonder Boy, a, a port of Wonder Boy for the Amiga. This is a game that I never really played a lot because I was never a Sega guy. I yeah. was always a Nintendo guy when it came yeah. to consoles. The first Wonder Boy came to the NES under the guise of Hudson's Adventure Island, which yeah. was a graphic reskin. But all the other Wonder Boy games, and there are many, uh, did not come out on the Nintendo console. So it's sort of amazing to me. Those were like on the Master System and stuff. Yeah, they were on yeah. the Master System. That's right. I think I got some of these, actually. It's sort of amazing to me that this game was not ported to the Amiga, but it wasn't. Uh, until now, until now, they're using, of course, Aaron, the Scorpion engine this to thing, do this. This thing's the bomb. This engine is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, please make sure and check out uh, this <laughs> new port of, uh, of Wonder Boy by the outfit called Acid Bottle. Acid That's a Bottle. Great Aaron. name. Yeah. That's a great name for him. This is going to run with an OCS with extra memory, so should run on whatever. Well, that's you not got. bad, is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, our next story, Aaron. You know, there's a there was a big anniversary this past week. Atari, quite possibly the grandfather of the video game industry as a whole, at least the commercial <laughs> video game industry. Yes, I'll definitely agree with that statement. Turned absolutely. fifty. Oh man, five zero. Old, yeah. That's right. So uh, they are celebrating by uh, putting out a whole bunch of Pong games. Okay, you got Pong fifty. For the Amiga. Oh, man. Okay. I do like a little Pong. Yeah. I'm not lie yeah. To you. And this looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Uh, Pong 50 is getting a, uh, a re release. There's a new version of that. There's also a game called Space Pong Space for the Amiga. Pong. Yeah. And so. Uh, two different Pongs? Yeah. Two different Pongs. There's also a Pong, a Pong clone just called Pong Clone for the C64. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're focused on the Amiga releases today. And uh, I will say. Both of these look pretty good. Uh, they look like Pong. Yeah, I mean, Space Pong looks a little looks a little nutty, but uh, mm. but it's got that it's got that it's sort of RF effect where it looks like you're playing through a TV where the reception is not so good. Space Pong, the guys working the net. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know these. I'm gonna talk about Pong for a minute because I'm that old. All right, Pong now is an amusing diversion from an ancient time. Right, it's like when you find like rock carvings in caves, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there was a time, though, where Pong uh, was King Dong, and everyone that, it was anybody, had one of those Pong machines up to their TV, 
Some of them had special guns. Some of them had paddles. Some of them had God knows what. Some of them had cool overlays, you know, on your that you just glue you, on your yeah, TV. You just put them on there, yeah. But Pong was fun, and it was the really. If you think about the what was the first video game? What well, might people say like Space War and stuff? Maybe okay. But the, what's the first game that turned over a profit, made mm-hmm. the moolah, oh, that yeah. got over it? Right? It wasn't Space Invaders. It's Pong. That's Pong right. was the, was the one. And <clears throat> Pong sort of ushered in what a video game could do financially. Mm-hmm. You know, and that jump started the industry because once that kind of money is being made, people jump yeah. on board. And if you think about it, they put Pong in Andy Kemp's uh, bar. Mm-hmm. That thing breaks, they fill four quarters. You've heard that story, yeah. whether it's real or not. I've heard both sides. But that told someone somewhere, hey, we can make money with video games. And from that instance, every home port of Pong was a direct result of the fact that someone knew they could make money. Mm-hmm. And every time they sold one of those home versions of Pong, it proved that people wanted to play video games at home. Right. And every one of those people that figured that out thought to themselves, hey, let's work at an angle. Mm-hmm. And then it spread. You know, it, it, it blew up like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and when you call, when you look back at the pantheon of gaming legends, Pong, it's got to be right there at the top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with you. So, celebrate Atari's 50th anniversary. Download yourself one of these versions of Pong. Do it. And give it a go this That's week. That's right. Pay tribute to Pong. Next, Aaron, we're going back to one of my most uh, anticipated games. I think this may be coming out sooner rather than later. Creeping Me Out Hex Night. This is, uh, I don't know if, uh, looks like you didn't get that one. On up here me. it is. It's oh, up yeah. here. I okay. got it. Um. So this is uh, oh, this is a weird name. Yeah, it's a it's a weird name. It's not a name that I would have chosen, <laughs> but this looks pretty cool. This is a weapons test. The first weapon that he shows looks decidedly uh, not great. It's like a little thing that just kind of b- dribbles out of your gun. But then he shows a whole bunch of other guns. At first, I thought this was going to be an Adams Family like game, but this is really more of a Turrican, you know, run and gun type type. Can you game. aim the gun? I don't think you can. I think that it just fires in front of you, but you've got the spreader, and you can also jump and fire at the same time. The backgrounds look nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, um, it's got that the crazy planar scrolling that you make fun of. Mm-hmm. It's got that going for. But hey. How, how close is this to being from coming out, both? Well, you know, they we Indie Retro News has been covering this for <laughs> probably about a year so far, and I it looks to be like you know they they've got the mechanics of the game working pretty well. I think maybe it's just a level design thing, putting some finishing touches, tightening up the graphics on level seven, uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and they they'll be ready to go. But I'm really looking forward <clears throat> to this one because, like I said, I love the varied environments. I love the varied enemies, and it looks like you've got uh, quite an extensive. Uh, deal of weaponry to choose from as well. I like the fact it, like, it showed the dude open the door and walk mm-hmm. through, which is, I like that. Yeah, looks, little touches like that mean a lot. It looks good. I, I think this might be a lot of fun. You know, we're going to have a lot of cool new stuff to play. We're seeing all this stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. I can't wait, but... Yeah, it's going to be great. We'll fire it up on the Amiga Mini. St- stuff like that. This must be what it was like back in the day when the Amiga was dying and video game magazines were just like waiting like this, just waiting to get yeah. hold of stuff. We're like, yeah, we got something. That's right. That's right. Now, Aaron, our next video, we go back to our friend Chris Edwards. He is, uh, he's, he's got some footage here of zip and jazz drives for the oh, Amiga. Man. Now, if you would have asked me before I watched this video, <coughs> was the zip or jazz drive compatible with the Amiga? I would have given you a resounding no. Oh, you would be wrong. I would have been wrong because yeah. they, they were. They're off. They have SCSI uh, compatibility, among other things. Listen, I had 
a jazz drive back in the day and yeah. a zip drive and uh, and uh, used them on my I didn't use them on the Amiga I used them on the PC mm-hmm. uh, and they were they were at the time they were quite nice uh, you know <clears throat> I had a SideQuest drive. 44 gig, or 44, listen to me, 44 meg removable hard drive. I had one of those to an external. Mm-hmm. Bought it off the Chud, by the way. Oh. Uh, and uh, that was a great step up from using backup tapes, I can tell you. so Now, the Chud <clears throat> stuck with backup tapes for longer, right? Well, no, because I bought this from him. So he moved up oh, he'd faster already moved than on. me. Yeah, okay. He was making more money okay. than I was at the time. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people like these, uh, these drives. When I bought my Plastic Fantastic, one of the requirements for it was it needed to have a, a zip drive. Yeah. Because I had a Macintosh formatted zip drive from college that I was dying to know what was on this thing. Yeah. Did you find out? It was an old bassoon manual that I Wow, made. that's a real letdown in the boat. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> there was a time, I'm sure some of the listeners and viewers can remember this, where you could go to any Goodwill or Salvation Army or a secondhand store and the, and you could get zip stuff by the, by the metric ton. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't see it that much. I see very rarely, I do I see any of it. And of course, at this point, so these discs are getting pretty old themselves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, the funny thing about these is like, on the PC, I could see a use for them. But at the time of the Amiga, I didn't really have to store all that much stuff. And we didn't have, I didn't have a hard drive early on. Right. You know, and by the time I did get an Amiga with a hard drive, I was just basically... Really, it, until like stuff like WHD load stuff came out, unless you're doing like Doug... You do a lot of production stuff where you really fill in the thing with pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to put on it? Most games you couldn't play off you of You couldn't it. play off the hard drive, you right? You know, so <clears throat> there you go. But still a neat a neat project from the Chris. That's right. Now, speaking of another neat project here, uh, one of the heavy hitters on YouTube, Adrian's Digital Basement, published an Amiga video this week. Uh, are you familiar with Adrian and his digital basement, Aaron? Uh Yes, I am. Is that this one, the 1000? Uh, yes, that's okay. correct. Uh, so he has uh, he's had a, an Amiga 1000 for a while now, yeah. and he's finally getting around to fixing the sound issues that it has. Look at the, uh, he's got the thing uh, open to the world right, right there. Right, yeah. right, right. So the thing that's kind of neat about this is that he goes, this is more than just you know your average hardware repair. What he's doing is he's testing traces through the hardware. He's looking at schematics. Uh, yeah. He's doing all kinds of nutty stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's and, when you uh, break out the old multimeter, the O scope. That's when I break out the old circular file. And just that's when you break the out the box there. and send it to Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You send it right to Frank. Uh, but this is, I mean, listen, did I understand everything he was talking about in this video? No. But did I enjoy him throwing up diagrams and stuff on the screen and talking about it? Yes. I find the Amiga 1000 intimidating to work on. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'll tell you why. It's multi-layered in a weird way. It's it's the insides are I don't like it. It's mm-hmm. easy to screw up. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget how to put it back together. Like I, <clears throat> I'm intimidated, and I work on pretty heady stuff. I've never liked working on a 1000. I like having it, but if it ever breaks, it will just go up on the shelf. It'll go to Frank. It'll go to Frank. Yeah, yeah. it may yeah. go to him anyway. <laughs> All right, Aaron. So check that out. Uh, next up... That guy does great work. You're right. He's quite good. Yeah. Speaking of another guy that does great work, the 10-minute Amiga Retrocast has a new episode. The Doug. And Doug is talking about, Aaron, the Tsunami A1230 Accelerator. I did watch this one. Uh, this one uh, was uh, interesting to me, because I'm always interested in seeing what kind of 1200 stuff is coming out. <clears throat> and this is a, uh, a reasonably priced 
you know, good accelerator. I saw <clears throat> it has a, it lacks a few things that people would like, but it's still overall off of the price, so it's pretty good. Uh, Doug goes through and shows all the tricks of how put of putting it in. Uh, he works on it. He runs, of course, he runs the usual stuff you'd run on this. He runs Frontier, mm -hmm. you know, and some demos and stuff. Uh, it looks good. Uh, <clears throat> would I buy it? Eh. What I get? Me and you were both in the same boat. Is it going to make the games play any better? It makes Frontier run faster, but mm -hmm. pretty much, is it going to make Gods run faster? No. Well, so I'm not that interested, but still, it's neat. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, if your 1200 is your daily driver Amiga, <laughs> if it's your only Amiga and you want to make sure that it's got, you know, the jack to do whatever you want, yeah. something like this could be a solution. You get a boatload of memory, too. Yeah. So that's always nice. So yeah, Doug, Doug I will say, as you would expect, Doug gives a thorough. A vetting of this thing and also gives you the pros and cons and how, how it works yeah so there you go all right aaron now you wanted me to add this on here this is our last story of the day yes talk this, to us about tech moons this has video. nothing to do with the amiga but i don't care because i i've got a show and i get to do what i want that's, that's right. a great thing about it and tech moon is another giant stud of a yeah. man mm -hmm. he's all a man when it comes to technology and he looked at something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's the old 2XL robots. <clears throat> I've talked about these on the show before. Uh, me and Gary Hucker both collect, have one, at least one of these. Uh, if you look in the background, when I shoot from inside the house, you can see it up on my shelf in the mm -hmm. box. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a uh, trivia machine that ran on 8-track tapes. And I remember seeing this thing in like the late 70s and thought it was awesome because it asked all these cool questions, and the way it was rigged up was real fun. And, the, and it had all kinds of cool tapes. Tape, and it was always just trivia stuff. Tapes about sci-fi trivia and, and nostalgia trivia and stuff like that. Uh, you know, history. It even had some educational titles. And the voice they used was a sort of like <clears throat> unusual ethnic voice that was really cool. I always liked the way they what, got talked. What country would you imagine that you actually I would say it was, it was a Jewish type voice. Okay. You know, and so, but I mean... Listen, it doesn't sound like a robot, but it sounds like a friendly... I mean, it makes the robot, like, friendlier. You know, like, what a hug Does it sound like Mel Brooks? No. Oh. Eh, nah, nah, nah. Oh. More like yogurt, kind of. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and <clears throat> Techmoon opens this thing up and looks in it, and also actually explains how it works. Because for all these years, I was never quite sure how it worked. I had mm -hmm. a rough idea, you know? So it was a lot of fun. You know, sometime <clears throat> we ought to do a 2XL stream. Yeah. There also is a, a Rob just mentioned it, and the Techmoon mentions it in, in the video. There's actually a, an emulated version you can play online, but it's not as cool as actually having the actual uh, uh, 2XL. So just something I thought I'd throw in here. I know a few of our listeners are into the 2XL. So, yeah. And if you like Techmoon, uh, you'll really enjoy this. He really, I mean, he goes, this is like a 30-minute video, wow. and he gets into it deeply, but it's very interesting stuff. That's all I got. All right. Well, Aaron, before we leave our news segment this week, uh, we need to talk about one of the guys that keeps not only our Amigas ticking, but the entire Amiga community writ large. Yeah. That is Retro Rewind. Oh, man. <clears throat> God bless him. Listen, no matter what you need for your Amiga, if you need caps, if you need uh, accelerators for your Amiga 600, uh, if you need OS 3.2, if you need Kickstart ROMs, if you need an EMPROM burner to burn those ROMs. Diagnostic tools. Frank has got you covered. RetroRewind.ca is the place to go if you are into Commodore computers and you need to make your computer sing. Sing the best it can. You know, I was thinking about, because we, we have done a few promos for Frank over the years, right? And people are like, here they go again with these guys. But 
I was thinking about it. Here's the ultimate praise, right? Frank came to town. All right, what did we do? We gave him our most precious things to fix. That's right. That's the highest praise I could give a guy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go say, here's my Vectrix hobo bill. <laughs> you know, put your sack down and have a look at this thing. I gave it to the Mac Daddy. It's like the Maharishi come to town. Right. You need to, we should have been on bend and knee, mm -hmm. because he was fixing this stuff on the fly. You know, it takes uh, a lot of know-how and a lot of skill to knock this stuff out. That's what he has. That's right. So, if you are in need of uh, any kind of accessories for your Commodore computer or your Candy Color computer. Or accelerators. Accelerators, whatever you need. Uh, or if you've just got a busted machine, you can send it to him. He'll fix it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can save 10% off any order by heading over to RetroRewind.ca, filling up your cart, and putting in <laughs> Amigos10 as the promo code when you check out. Uh, we thank Frank for being a sponsor and keeping all of our computers running smooth. Absolutely, Bo. Aaron, it's time to talk about Railroad Tycoon. You know, before we get too deeply in it, I was waiting for him to show up here. Since we're on a birthday kick, yeah, and we're talking about trains, man. I've been trained to love this man. It's my good friend from down under, Graham W. Becky. That's right. He just rolled in the chat room here, and he has hit the big 5-0 mode. Mm -hmm. I hit that last year. He mm -hmm. did. He it hit it hard. It didn't go well. <laughs> I'm not it's not your best birthday. No, no. And so, I want to... And we've known Graham... Years. For years. He's been very Almost kind to us. <clears throat> he's a big supporter of ours, but also he's a heck of a guy. Yeah. And he can he rolls the punches, he keeps the ball rolling. Skilled man, drummer extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. He's got the full set of drums. Yeah. And he's a good guy. First guy that really got us in the mister. That's right. So I want to give a, a hearty hi-ho to our good buddy, Graham W. Happy Graham, birthday, Graham. Bam. Happy birthday. We you. Now, in honor of Graham, I will now show off my prowess at reviewing <laughs> Railroad Tycoon. So I guess that's not really a good birthday gift for, for Graham, but I'll do my best, uh, Graham. So uh, Railroad Tycoon boat, we knew this was going to be a heady, heady stuff. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play the Railroad Tycoon or any of the Tycoon games? You look like a Tycoon playing guy. You know, I sort of am a Tycoon playing guy, but I never played any of the Tycoon games. <clears throat> Transport Tycoon, Railroad Tycoon. Nursemaid Tycoon. Nursemaid Never played him. <laughs> Something tells me you'd be good at that one. <laughs> Probably. I have, I've had a cup of coffee, as they say. And it's funny, when I started playing this, I was like, wait a minute. I remember this game, like, which is good. Did I remember how to play it or be good at it? No. So chances are I'd had a cup of coffee with this. Uh, and I don't know if it was on the PC or the Amiga. Uh, <clears throat> nevertheless, Railroad Tycoon, or full title, uh, Sid Meier's Railroad Tycoon, uh, the uh, year this came out on the Amiga 91, two discs. Pretty, they did a good job. It's amazing to me they fit all this stuff on these uh, small amount of discs. This was developed by the brilliant geniuses at MPS Labs, otherwise known as the Microprose Labs, Microprose Software Labs. Uh, my God, <clears throat> let's just run down some of their accomplishments on the Amiga. You ever heard of a game called Civilization? I've heard of it. Pretty awesome. Yes. How about F-19? Yep. We've yep. played a lot of these. Gunship 2K, uh, uh, M1 Tank, Nighthawk F-117, Pirates, uh, Red Storm Rising. We've done a lot of their stuff. So uh, they're, they're a quality outfit. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and this was published, of course, by Microsoft. So basically, this is in-house. And, of course, they've published, amongst the other things, including Knights of the Sky. We loved Covert Action. That was one of the ones we really oh, enjoyed. Yeah. They did that, too? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. 
Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm being serious. Yeah, that was a good game. Too. Yeah, it and was we're a the good only game. people that like. I it. love Coover. I know, I know. Uh, so, uh, oh, course, that's right. I forget. It's a Sid Meier game. That's Sid right. Meier's Coover. That's action. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this is a one-player joint. All right, so you're not going to be getting your trains together uh, like a Gomez on the Adams fan. Right. Which I always love that. Yeah, I love him so much. Anyway, uh, um, designed by Sid Meier. You know, he's designed almost everything I mentioned. So I'm not going to go through his credentials again. It was co-designed by Bruce C. Shelley, who also co-designed Civilization with a pretty good track record there. Also was responsible for the phone book-like manual oh that comes gosh. with. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm sure I, we'll uh, get into that later. Yeah, because uh, uh, the PDF was 37 gig. Just pull it down. <laughs> <clears throat> um, the uh, coder on this, I'm going to go through some of these people because they're people you've heard of. Uh, the coder, uh, Laurie Sinet, who worked on Knights of Sky and Civ, and the graphics, Mark Scott and Max Remington III. Mm. That's the best name of the bunch yeah. right there. Uh, you know, I want to highlight the musician on this, David Lowe. And we've mentioned him before, but when I got to look at what he'd done, listen to because you hear about the sort of the, the trademark musicians. This guy did Afterburner, Altered Beast, California Games 2, F-15, uh, Frontier Elite, uh, the game Summer Edition, IK+. Star Gliders 1 and 2, Summer Games 1 and 2, Super Street Fighter. He did a ton of Turbo Outrun. Uh, so he did a lot of stuff. That's just some of his stuff. That's insane. You don't hear his name bandied around that much, but this guy went to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I like some of that music. I mean, hey, we all know Altered Beast is a step up from the arcade. <laughs> <clears throat> now, this was ECSOCS and OAGA here. Uh, converted over, amazingly, from the DOS version, which we'll get to. I looked up. This actually was available for more stuff than there's. I never saw one listing of everything this was available on, so I had to call one together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Mac. Did you know the Mac had a version of this? Uh, somebody on Discord tried playing it. That's the only reason why I know. Uh, the ST, the FM Towns, Ooh. the NEC PC ninety eight hundred one. By the way, <coughs> excuse me. By the way, for comparison, I tried desperately to find video of the FM Towns or NEC PC version, and there's none. Nobody I can, find, can emulate the FM I can Towns find none. Right. Now, it could be on, like, the Japanese YouTube, but right. I couldn't find it. Um, <clears throat> so, there you go. Now, um, why don't you, since you're so good at this, why don't you give people an idea as to what exactly you're doing in this game? It's actually, it's funny, it's, it's not that hard to explain what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's the easy part. <laughs> the easiest part of the whole game. So, you are a financier. You have lots of money that you have raised through the sale of stock in your railroad company. And borrowed. It is your job, (laughs) it is your job to build a network of rails and build trains to put on the rails to transport goods, services, and people from one place to another, while at the same time fending off rivals and uh, coming to grips with the different uh, sort of natural resources that can be found in all the places where you're running your network. And let's not forget the uh, surprisingly deep uh, stock portion of the game. Right. Which is, uh, uh, I, I guarantee you, I didn't do that when I was a little kid because <laughs> I learned a lot about stocks when I was playing this. So, <coughs> at its heart, Boat, a game where you make your, it's like a giant train set yeah. with other kids that are mean mm-hmm. often. Um, before we get into the game real deeply, what did you think about the presentation that sort of comes up? I really enjoyed the music that came up, that's quite colorful. They stylize it to make it look like well, the you know, 1900s or 1800s. Is, yeah, I was going to say, this is eight, the, it's sort of early 1800s. I think that your first uh, your first, your first first railroad is 1866. So actually, you well, you've got... You, actually, the... 1830s. Yeah, it actually varies, okay. yeah. 
You've got Eastern U.S. There's, there's four maps you can choose from. Eastern U.S., 1830. Western U.S., 1866. England, 1828. And Europe, 1900. Now, word on the street is that you're putting your railroads in England. That's the easiest one. That's what I and read, too. The word on the street is that the uh, Eastern USA and Europe are the two uh, harder ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't, I didn't the, attempt either of those. <laughs> oh, I did. I, I, I went for Eastern U.S. right away. I went, I went England, and then I went Western USA. Yeah. So you, when this game starts up, uh, you get your choice to start a new one, or and you can also load a tutorial, which we should probably just touch on the tutorial real briefly. If you try to just load tutorial, you're just sitting there, and it loads up, and then you just sit there because yeah. without the ma without the manual, you're bummed. Well, what the tutorial is <clears throat> is it basically drops you in the middle of a game halfway through, and then you're supposed to refer to the manual to look at what's going on and glean information from that. Yeah. To call it a tutorial <clears throat> is uh, suspect. Because yeah. the, the game is not teaching you anything. I read the tutorial part of the manual. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as long as you follow along with the manual, you, you do what they say, you get a rough idea for what you're doing, yeah, but I'm figuring it out myself. Well, here's the easy. thing. This is Instead of doing that, <laughs> what they should have done was created a tutorial that's like, Here's how you lay the track. Yeah. You well, know, here's how. Here's when you build the train. You got to make sure and do these things. Were games doing that back when this was out? Like oh, that? sure. I'm sure that there were. I mean, like, I. Here's the thing. If you're not going to do that, then don't call what you put there a tutorial. Well, I think that I think the people at at uh, uh, Microprose are real high-minded folks. So their idea of a tutorial is not. We're not smart enough to do it. Well, they definitely, this is, we should get this out of the way, right? This is a game where you absolutely, well, you don't absolutely must have to read the manual, but you will have a much better experience if you read the manual. This is also one of the, remember when you were younger? Remember that? Because you just had a birthday, so it was like the other day. Yeah. Remember back in the old days, you'd go out and get your, you'd go out and buy your, your, your box game. Then you have that car ride home in the That's back right. of the car. This is one of those car ride homes or on the toilet type, mm -hmm. or like have it in your school book. Oh yeah, you know. That's right. I the manuals, manuals. Are thick. I loved manuals like this when I was a kid. Yeah. Now looking at a sixty-three page PDF with one week to master this game, well, also, I don't like it so much. PDFs aren't fun to read. No, I don't like them. They're not like a book. Right. And and a, and a Kindle or something aren't like a book. No. A book's like a book. Anyway, we're old men. Uh, so once you pick your scenario and you pick. Uh, where you're going to go. You then pick how difficult you're going to make it. It goes everywhere from investor up to tycoon and difficulty, tycoon being the most difficult. And then you also pick how you want the AI to be. You can have it be friendly. You can have it be somewhere in the middle. You can have it be cutthroat death machine. Uh, the uh, AI are other train owners. If you read the manual, all the people in the game are real actual people mm -hmm. that dabbled or highly played in the game of trains. Right. Talk about it. So there's, uh, I think that there, and I can't, I'm trying to think of who they are right now, but you know, there are all these robber barons that you always hear about when you read about the 1800s in the United States. And uh, what the what the game has done when you go into the manual is they actually give you a profile, a very in-depth profile, like a mini biography of yeah. each one of these barons. I love that, by the way. And so when you play against these guys, you can base your strategy over what you think they might do. Like one guy, he might all be all about you know mining and natural resources. Another guy might be about speed and just trying to connect as many cities as possible. Yeah. And so you can use that to your advantage. It's really cool. Unlike uh, Dr. J versus Larry Bird where they say, we analyze their moves. Like in this game, they actually did analyze yeah. their moves. Although I have read 
smarter people than me say that they didn't think there was that much of a difference, but in the manual, it says what they right, are. Right. So, who knows? Um, so, jumping ahead, because if we go through the minutiae of this game, this will be a 50-hour review. Yeah. So, you're confronted, once you start the game, with a big map of wherever you chose to play, okay? <clears throat> and you are lost. You have if There's stuff at the top of the screen you don't know what to do. Well, this game is mouse-driven on, on the Amiga. The PC version gives you a choice, by the way. No, Can you the, imagine the, that? the Amiga version gives you a choice. Oh, it does. That's yeah. right. I forgot about it. Well, I would never play with just the keyboard. It's a big well, mistake. My, a lot of the problems that I had with this game is that they can't decide. This is right sort of on the... It's not really, but it kind of is right sort of on the edge when people with PCs started to have mice more, I guess. Yeah. Because when you choose to play with a keyboard and a mouse, you still have to use the keyboard yeah. for some stuff. And I will say, let's before we get into the game proper, let's go ahead and get into the, I hated the interface. Yeah. Okay? I hated moving around the map. Mm -hmm. I hated the way you get into the map. Mm -hmm. Now, you could say, okay, the game's old. And it is, uh, and they had not refined the technique. But the technique they used in this stinks. Well, you look, use the right mouse, the right mouse button, the left mouse button, the num keys, the key, the function keys. You're all over the place with this thing, and it was not easy to remember. And here's the thing: SimCity came out two years before this game, yeah. and it has a better interface. Mm -hmm. So you can't blame the interface just on being old. The interface is just not great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, but so there, we've duly noted that. So with that much said. The interface has five uh, menus from that, that you pull down from the top, and each of these menus have certain listings. I'm not going to go through all these. One of them basically gives you a, the different views of the map and helps you find cities. One gives you financial reports and reports on your train. One gives you options to build various things. One gives you the ability to go and, and borrow money or buy stock. <clears throat> and then the game menu lets you control stuff like the game speed and news. So <clears throat> the first thing you need to do is try to decide where you want to put your train, okay? Now, if you're like me, I didn't do any study or even pick a, a city that <laughs> was huge. I went right to Lexington, Kentucky, because my train was going to run from Lexington, Kentucky to Charleston. Hey, that's not a bad strategy. <clears throat> so I went from Lexington to Ashland to Huntington to Charleston, right? right? One thing you're going to learn early in this game is to prepare to be in the red a lot. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't care who you are. You're often operating on borrowed money because you have to get loans. <clears throat> um and because everything costs money. And one thing I didn't realize until after I'd played my first game was that uh, the reason England uh, and, the, out, and the great West, uh, American West are so popular is because they have very few rivers and mountains. Mm -hmm. Well, what do we got around here? Buckets of rivers and tons and tons of mountains. Mm -hmm. So it's super expensive to build your track. The game keeps track of how much it, it tells you. Here's how it's going to cost to lay this piece of track. The track's laid down in grid squares. Now, let's get to the uh, Amiga-centric problem. This game is, uh, to lay down a track, you hold the shift button and hit the, uh, uh, use the num keys to up, down, left, right, and diagonals. Okay, well guess what? The, uh, uh, the Amiga 600 doesn't have a num, a num pad, and none of my stuff how's, has How's it. Wedge Life treating you? <clears throat> it treated me good because I cheated at that. Oh. But also, I didn't mind just building up, down, left, right. I mean, obviously, diagonal gets you there quicker. And it's cheaper. That may be why you were always in the red. Well, I cheated the second time. Okay. The first time, I didn't. Uh, so, <clears throat> you, if you have an Amiga 600, you're boned. Yeah. Could and they there have was, fixed this? Yes. Did they know? There was never a sort of numpad accessory that came out for the Amiga, right? So, there was, there was literally Not nothing that I know you could of. do. Okay. Well, you know, I read that this would have been a very simple patch. Mm -hmm. And everything I read said they never released a patch. Mm -hmm. So... 
you're playing this, I mean, if you've Here's got... Here's the thing. Uh, if you've got mouse control, why are you not allowed <laughs> to lay track with the freaking mouse? Or at least, why can't we just hit shift and click on the map? Yeah. I don't know is yeah. the answer. <laughs> because we didn't design the interface. Now, great Sid Myers is great at gaming, but interface is not so much. Not so much. He didn't do the interface. But <clears throat> anyway, he totally so, did. He so, told me he hated it. Don't play this on Amiga 600 or any uh, emulated Amiga without a numpad that you can't change, Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, once you find out where you want to build your train, you build your track. Okay, I'm going to use Lexington to uh, Ashland as an example. And if you go across a river, you've got to build a bridge. Mm-hmm. If you go up a mountain, it's more expensive. Sometimes you go up hills that are so steep, it says, hey, this grade's really steep. Do you want to dig a tunnel? <clears throat> nah, screw it. We'll take our chances. Well, that can come back to get you, as it did. And then you complete your track. And then what do you got to do? you got to put a train down. You get to make your train. You, and it gives you a list of trains that are that you can use. Mm-hmm. At first, not so many. <clears throat> As you go forward and have it, and upgrade your abilities, you can get better trains. Yeah, and you, from, the, from the beginning, you're choosing between do you want to have a fast train that has, or do you want to have a slow train that can carry more weight? Right, and, uh, and it gives you the uh, axle uh, the wheels, the wheels, sep- yeah. uh, the wheel. Uh, so it's your typical yeah. like four six four type terminal. Did you know that stuff from Thomas? <clears throat> really? Yeah. Uh, everything I used I know to about watch trains. that. And I didn't know it. Oh yeah. Well, you didn't go as deep as I did. I'll tell you the one thing. There were I, I sent more than a few trains to smelter. If you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they weren't getting it done, brother. So once you've completed your track, you've built your uh, bridges, you've done all this stuff. You put your train down. Now you got to decide what this train going to do. Well. <clears throat> then you go to a separate area where it lets you list all the different types of train cars you can yeah. have. Now, I want to talk about this because go. this is one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah, that was fun. I like that. So, you see the you see the station that you've built, okay? Because you've got to build a station before you build a train. <clears throat> then you see the train. When you buy the train, you see the train pull up from the left on the side of the screen, and it waits there. <clears throat> and it says, okay, what, what kind of car do you want to put on this thing? So, say you want to build a, ma- a mail train. So, you click mail train. The mail train appears behind it, and yeah. then it waits. And then, as you keep on adding trains, the the train just keeps pulling further and further out of the station. Yeah. And you I thought that was a really cool way to see that. Of course, the more trains you add, it's gonna your train's gonna be slower. It's gonna be slower. I learned right. that too. So especially going up and down grades and mm-hmm. the real nasty. Yeah. So <clears throat> early in the game, I had read that the strategy is, but we share my strategy. You only want to stick to passengers and mail because mm-hmm. everybody likes those, right? right? And then because some places don't want what you got, mm-hmm. but everyone pretty much takes that. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got your train, you've got the track, you've got the crap on the train. It's time to send that thing down the line. Okay, now, depending on what you've got your time set at, this it, take, it can take X amount of time for it to get there, depending on how long a, a stretch of train you've got. <clears throat> of course, we've built our train. What are we not talking about? Building the station, mm-hmm. okay? You get uh, different choices for the station you want to build. And as you build the station, uh, the the ability to service the area around it grows larger. Right. So if you build a depot, you can only service basically a one square area around the depot. Yeah. If you build uh, if you build a station, it might be a three square area. If you build a terminal, it's the biggest one. It's a four square area. So if you're building in an area that's a major <clears throat> metropolitan area. It's not like some games where you want to start small and then later build up. If you're starting in a major metropolitan area, this is my opinion, you want to go with a terminal right off the bat because that's the only way you're going to recoup your investment because you're going to be surrounded by resources that you can't access. Yeah, uh, but of course the downside of that is that it costs, a, literally when you start with a million bucks or whatever, 
you're losing a good almost half your money on building that one thing. Right. <clears throat> it's a gamble, and and I'm sure there's a strategy behind it that I didn't know. Because what I ended up doing was going over to the action menu and he heading down and borrowing money. <laughs> what you can do is you can sell bonds, basically. Right, right. And when you do that, you're someone's lending you 500 G's with interest. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, that's how that's how they do it. Usually three or four percent early on. And then you're playing with borrowed money, and you can borrow a lot of money, and you could also go broke real quick. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where the game can get sort of uh, uh, intimidating because you get to the point where you're trying to get these. You you can build a couple tracks and have a couple trains, but this game is hurry up and wait a lot of times. You get all this stuff done, then you're just sort of waiting around for the trades to get there. You can sort of skip ahead, but I was always afraid to skip too fast, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. As an added bonus, and we haven't even talked about stuff like upgrading your facilities. You can install uh, engine shops to build better trains. You can upgrade your stations. Uh, you to, can put in a hotel. Yeah. You can put in a restaurant. Yeah, post office, yeah. goods. Hold on, you can, you can upgrade everything, but it all costs money. It's mm -hmm. more, you know. And then there's also a point where you upgrade everything to its maximum. Um, so once you've done all that, and it's time to borrow money, once you've done that, there's another aspect of the game where there's a, you know, keep in mind that you're playing with other railroad barons. They're active, and depending on what setting you've got, they, depending on how, they can be nasty. Mm -hmm. uh, you're buying and selling stock in your own company, because remember, you're the president of your company, but you're not the owner, right. okay? You're the CEO. <clears throat> and so you've got a sort of, it, I mean, the strategies I've read say that you need to sort of buy up some of your own stock to keep other people from doing yeah. a hostile what, takeover. What you want to do is, as you can afford it, you want to gradually start to take control over your company so we, people don't pull the rug out from under you. Right. Because if your shareholders get a good price, they're going to sell the company and kick you out and leave you in the cold. Right, right. And it, it's so, I like that element. Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, this game is a very simple, incredibly complex game. Because at the heart of it, you're when you just play, when you put your... Uh, rails down and build the cars <clears throat> that part's fun and not that complicated building's quite easy especially if you've got a numpad mm -hmm. from any direction uh and it tells you when you get there what the property is that you're going through how much it's going to cost you to go through it and usually you're just zipping along until you come to a river then it gives you stuff like okay what kind of bridge do you want to build depending on the area you're in you may only be able to have two choices they may not have steel bridges yet mm -hmm. you get to that area there's little animations for that stuff. Well, now <clears throat> we come to one of the major points that's different between the PC version and yeah. the Amiga version. Because when you build a bridge yeah. in the PC version, you get this amazing animation. Right. I never saw that once built. in the, in the there, Amiga version. It doesn't version. exist in the Amiga version. Oh, it's they not took, there. I thought it was out. something I did. No, they took it out. Why would you take that out? Don't know. That was so, stupid. Yeah. I never. I thought it was. I thought I had it turned off. I would say they probably were <clears throat> rushing the port out the door, and they figured this is something that we don't need to put. What in did it. you think? I guess we should. You know, while we're talking about that, let's move down here to the port comparison for a second, because we both had a look at the uh, at the PC version of this. How did you think it? How did you think the Amiga upgraded version? I mean, I guess upgraded. That should tell me that it's kind of a bummer. But how do you think it fared? I mean, it's pretty similar. I mean, it's maps basically, but the, the graphical parts. I mean, the Amiga. It's not like they. 91, they didn't exactly bust out the, the big sticks on these graphics on yeah. this, did they? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the games are very comparable. I want to say, you know, I didn't play the DOS version, but I watched some people play it. I watched some Let's Plays. It yeah. seemed like there was more music in the DOS version. 
Um, and like I said, but the biggest thing is the bridge building animation, which I mean, like, is it a deal breaker? No. You only watch it once or twice. Right. But it was cool. I watched right. the but it. Cool. I actually played this. Uh, uh, in fact, I posted a link in the Discord if anybody wants to care. You can play this online. And I played. I played. I did the same strategy and played through it. And I, I kind of like the uh, the little animations. I mean, really, the DOS person has its charm. Mm-hmm. It's not crap, but no. I mean, you would think when they poured this, the, I mean, it's a dirty port. Let's right. face facts. They didn't exactly go out the extra mile. Right. Well, again, this is Sid Meier, an American company, making a game for a machine that was a non-factor in its home. <clears throat> well, you're not wrong. So I get, I, there you go. So with all that said, uh, how do you rank this in the pantheon of gaming? Where do you, what do you think about this? I mean, like I said, we've, we've skipped over some of the minutiae, but I mean, eventually you're building double tracks. You've got these huge stations. You're trying to build these areas because, keep in mind, things are invented as you play. Uh, uh, places grow. Things happen. Your trains, uh, the bridge caves in. Mm-hmm. They fall off the track. The tunnel collapses. It's you know, there's it's sort of like has a, there's a more than a little civilization feel to this. Uh, to not the way it plays, but the way it, you know that news pops up and the way time goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the fact that you're frequently interrupted in this game yeah. by news reports and things like that. There's there's a downside to some of that though, because I, it would interrupt you without telling you what was happening, and so I suddenly the computer just stops doing anything while I sat there. And it's something like, for example, the the fiscal year ends mm-hmm. in the middle of a turn. Oh, I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? Well, it's loading up that screen or whatever. That mm-hmm. I found that irritating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you do mm-hmm. have the option to uh, to change the frequency of the news reports because if they, if they get on your nerves you can kind of slow those down um there a lot of the more <laughs> complex things have to do with actually routing the trains once you have multiple trains and multiple tracks you want you don't want all the trains going to the same spots yeah you want to set priority you want to set a, a schedule of You're stops. Get your, your signal things yeah. up your... and so th- that's where a lot of the real fun i think in this <laughs> game is if if you enjoy that kind of fun where you want you you want to think about logistically? Okay, I've got the, this line, and I've got these two trains. What is the most efficient way to carry these goods? Uh, should I build more smaller, faster trains, or larger, longer trains? Do I need a mixture of all of them? You've got to think about all of those things while you're still thinking about expanding, while you're still fending off you know the the whole stock side of thing, or you don't want your company to be sold out from under you. And you're also against these other warring, you know, robber barons who are out building tracks trying to do the same thing that you are. Yeah. Uh, if you try and build a, a station in the same station where there's already a track, it will actually won't let you build a station. You basically just kind of go into the station that's already existing there. But that there's something called a rate war that you have to, neg- you, you're, you're, you're trying to set your price. So, you know, and there's a lot of that sort of thing in this game. And... I don't think that it ever gets overwhelming in terms of the amount of information that they give you, but it is a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about, and I think that if you're really doing this game right, you're rarely going to want to run the game at turbo speed. <clears throat> well, turbo also, amongst the things that does, I think it turns off a lot of this messages. That's one of the things that make it turbo. Listen, this game is funny to me because it's it's incredibly deep. Okay, it really is. This is as deep as you want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for and it doesn't seem that deep until you really say. I mean, if you read the manual, I'm sure it seems that deep. And I've glazed through it. But I wasn't going to read those sixty-page manual. Well, it, can, <clears throat> I, can I interrupt you real yeah, quick? Yeah, please. I hate this manual. Well, a lot of it. There's a lot of fluff because in the manual. Here's what I want. 
I want, here's the first 20 pages that actually tell you how to play the game. Yeah. And then give me as much of a novel as you want about the history of the railroad and the history of the trains. Yeah. What they do in this game is they kind of mix it all together. Yeah. And yeah. that makes it incredibly frustrating to try and find what you want to find. Yeah. You know, this is one of those games, and because I, I always hear this, oh man, okay, Railroad Tycoon was a good game, but man, wait till you play Railroad Tycoon Deluxe or right. Railroad Tycoon 2. This is the kind of game, that, and, by, and by the way, none of those exist on the Amiga. This is the only one they got. This is the kind of game that you absolutely want to play the newer versions, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because I guarantee you, it's not because of the graphics, the sound, you have to, they can keep the whole game the same. They need to tweak the uh, menu controls, tweak the ability to do stuff, <clears throat> because I like this game. I can even put up with all the incredible amounts of stuff I had to try to remember, but the interface drove me nuts. Trying to get around that map... Like, man, I kept hitting the scroll wheel, and it doesn't do anything when I was using like my you know one other machines because mm-hmm. I was saving states left and right on this, and I was like, man, if this had scroll wheel support, you can just zoom in and out. That's what I want. Like, it gives you the ability to go to to, to type in the name of a town, and it'll take you to the town on the map. But I mean. Depending on where your track is, you still got to go back and pick yeah. that track up. And you're going to have to click, <coughs> click, click at the edge of the screen yeah. to click your way back over there. I will say, it has a ton of towns. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, in West Virginia alone, I saw Bluefield, I saw Wheeling, I saw uh, Huntington, Charleston, I saw Morgantown, I saw uh, Harper's Ferry mm-hmm. in there. So it's got a, I mean, that's, and it's in West Virginia, and those are small towns. So I, I, looked, at the, I, I looked at the list of the towns it's got. It's got a ton of towns for each section. That's cool, and it yeah. makes it more fun. That made that part of it was more fun right. for me. Be- because, mm. like, you know, if I was a kid, I would not have played this the way that I did it. I would have done exactly what you did, where I'd be like, I want to build a train in the town that's closest to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm an immature so. idiot, so that's what I did. Well, no, that's awesome. And I like the fact you can name your your corporation, you can name your train. Mm-hmm. I like that. That part's fun. They almost got it. And so this is one game. I never thought I'd say this about a game like this. It's not my bag. I can see myself giving this a whirl a couple versions up the line mm. where the interface is less. We've played a few games on the Amiga, haven't we? Where And it's not, it's nobody's fault, sort of. That's just the way things were. Yeah. But like right clicking and left clicking and for weird, like the menus, you right click on the menu, that's no good. Yeah. Yeah. No good. And yeah. then the dragging stuff around, no good. Yeah. And so that really hurt it before I even got to building double railroads. And if you, there's a big sheet of keyboard shortcuts mm-hmm. that go along with all the mouse stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, I don't need that. Right, right. If you're going to make a game mouse-driven, <laughs> make it mouse-driven, you know. Right. So. I, well, they were serving two masters, right. weren't they? Right. And so that's what happened. Uh, I looked this up on the old uh, Lemon, you know, our boys. A very popular game with Lemon Boat. Uh, we're talking 8.43. Uh, the magazines... This had lots of uh, 80s and 90s in there. Only a couple of dud ratings. Amiga Power, it looks like it went back and retroactively gave it a 64. you got to love when they do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, high scores, the average magazine rating was 86%. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can get this on eBay. Complete in box. I saw plenty of these going for under $35. Wow. And if you're going to buy a game to put in your Amiga, this is the one. Because you really want that manual. Right. You want the manual, that reference card, all that stuff. So yeah, absolutely. We got some Discord reviews, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> right. Lord Soup writes, Sid Meier working as magic. A sublime gaming experience that the sequels never quite replicated. A must-play 10 out of 10. Mm. Lobsterminator writes, One of the all-time greats. It has just enough depth and complexity to offer a lasting challenge, but still simple enough that the learning curve is not super steep. 
Only downside is that you need a numpad to play this, so A600 owners will have a hard time building tracks. Yeah. 10 out of 10. And finally, Jason Warrens writes, Considering this was a game I nominated, I should provide a review. In my grand tradition of one-word reviews, I find Railroad Tycoon delicious. 9 out of 10. But I'm a big Sid Meier fan. Well, I mean, I am too. Listen, we, so are you. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and this, first of all, this feels like a board game. Yeah. So much. Yeah. And I, they, eventually this became a board game. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, and so, I'm not surprised. Uh, but I mean, you could say, and a lot of Sid Meier's games have that feeling, you know, mm -hmm. that way, and that's a, it's a good feeling. So not a we didn't get a lot of takers this week, did we? On this one, this is a this is might, might be a tough. It might be a little intimidating these tycoon games. I was so. I was incredibly intimidated. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, shall we get how we get a move on here, Boaster? Yeah, man. So let's talk about what we did this week on the old channel. Okay, right? we had some releases, Boat. In fact, you you've been going crazy, eight bonkers, uh, my friend, and doing a lot of interesting stuff, uh, Boaster. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, a little thing that we like to call Gauntlet on the ST. Yeah. Now this is a sore spot with me. Tell the people <laughs> what we did here. So this was uh, this is our final. I know it's not. I think we've still got one more live from Boatfest video to premiere. It will come out on Monday. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is the, uh, the the infamous moment in which we were talking about running the gauntlet. Yeah. And I told you that when I was a kid, I always thought <laughs> running the gauntlet meant that people would you'd line up in the two rows and people would hit you with marching band gloves. Yeah. Because you know, the gauntlet is the marching band glove sleeve thing. Yeah. And so I said, well, have you ever been hit by a glove? And you said no. And we were talking about that. So uh, Chad, Hot Chad, ran out to his car, tossed a glove onto the thing without thinking. I just picked it up and natural reaction just smacked you with it. Yeah. That was not a band glove, was it? No, it was a very heavy glove. It was, it was like a, a heavy glove. work glove yeah. is what it was. Yeah. And you might knock the taste out of my mouth. I think it had an iron tips on the so, fingers. So. When you eat that cake right there... <laughs> I want you to be thinking about you whacking me with that thing. Now, with all that said, what, we also went into a game. At this yeah, point. we talked about Gauntlet. Gauntlet is a pretty solid port <laughs> for the ST, although uh, it has scrolling issues, as, you, as you'd expect from the platform. I think we hated this less than a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people I'm really don't like this game, and I think it's because they just prefer Gauntlet 2 so much more. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it, depending on the model of ST that you're playing this on might have to do with the performance, but we thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I've seen better, but it wasn't that bad. All right, Boat, next on the dock, this is another uh, beauty from you. Bob's Garden versus Mr. Do. This is this a new series you've got cooking here, Yeah, Boat? so this is something I'm doing called Attack of the Clones. <laughs> so, you know, the Amiga, obviously a great platform for arcade ports. And it got tons of them, but it didn't get everything. Yeah. It didn't get everything. But sometimes it got some loving homages. And that's what Bob's Garden is. So what we do is we take a look at Mr. Do at the arcade, and then we take a look at Bob's Garden. I'll tell you this, Aaron. Bob's Garden, darn fine, Mr. Do. And we played this on the show before. I know we this played was this on, somewhere. This was on one of our early uh, arcade attack of the arcade clone. I think we did a we did twenty or thirty of these in oh, one episode. Man, one we were out of our yeah, minds yeah. back in those days. And so, and, and this has literally been you know six or seven years ago when we did this. So I thought it was time for another look. And to be honest with you, Bob's Garden, there's a lot of things that I preferred about Bob's Garden over Mr. Do, believe yeah. it or not. So uh, check this out. Check out Bob's Garden, and uh, I'll be releasing these uh, every every week on Tuesday. There will be either a new Attack of the Clones or a uh, ranking of the Amiga platformer. So be on the lookout on the YouTube Very good. Channel. Very good, uh, Boaster. <clears throat> well, boy, this is another year. You've been a busy boy this week. 
I'm just going to let this one, uh, you get into it here, Boat. So uh, this uh, coming week on the Coco Show, it's actually not going to premiere uh, on YouTube until a month from now, but we're going to be recording it uh, in, a, in a, a week and a day from now, um, is uh, Color Robot Battle. This is a programming game in which you sort of give your, you give your uh, robot moves through a program, and uh, you run the program against another robot, which you also program or your friend programs. Anyway, uh, on YouTube, there was not a whole lot of footage of the, not a whole lot of footage of this game at all, uh, but there was no footage of the actual programming part. So what I did was I went through, and the manual provides you with several uh, practice uh, programs. So I typed those in and ran them, and you can watch the robots. To say that they battle is, uh, is, is, is not entirely true because they, they don't actually battle each other. They just sort of fire and uh, approach each other and then run away. Can you shoot each other? Well, you, you program the... It's, it's like robo-rally. So you program <laughs> the moves, but you don't know what the other robots do unless you're playing by yourself and what you have to because you have to program both robots. In all this footage, do we ever see a robot shoot and destroy another robot? No. 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 So... <laughs> Like a, that's why I put battle in quotation marks. There. I wonder why they uh, don't have a lot of footage of this one. I remember literally loading this up as a kid. I was like, oh, man. Color robot Color battle. robot yes. I knew I was confronted with that. I was like, okay, let's move on. Marble maze. Yeah. So, yeah. That, but still, hey, 35 people can't be wrong. And, mm -hmm. and the numbers are swelling as we get closer. Speaking of swell, it's me. And my good pal, the Brent, this yeah. week. And we take a look at a little machine I like to call the Sharp MZ 700. Uh -huh. And I go between MZ and MZ without any thought. Well, you're multicultural. Oh. That's the one thing you could say. Uh, this was a fun one. Sharp MZ 700. Uh, <clears throat> thank God for the mister, which supported this uh, for uh, this particular computer and the bridge just came over to my house and played his game and mine yeah it's a shame that you you weren't recording when he played on the mister because yeah. he had the game to end he, all games well he had the best game of the two of us he got two levels of up, up on me on hunchy we looked at two games hunchy and hunchy is a, a controlling nightmare but then the, this is one of my favorites we've ever done i'm not gonna lie this was donkey gorilla this is the new standard in donkey <laughs> this is the new yeti <laughs> Donkey Gorilla is, I mean, you got to remember, the Sharp has no graphics mode. Right. So all the games are basically using, like, sort of like Commodore characters, mm -hmm. text block, ASCII. There's nothing better than the dancing and prancing Donkey Gorilla at the top of this, <laughs> at the top of this game. And by the way... <laughs> he looks like he's auditioning for Soul Train. This game plays great. Stunningly good. Uh, this is one of the best Donkey Kong clones I've seen on a whole machine. Especially given its shortcomings, it's got its own special screen. Yeah, right? wow. Where you and Donkey to... Kong leaves his platform <laughs> and he approaches. Yeah, and see, he's got his own gorilla style of ladder. It's a big, huge ladder. It's like the big show in the WWE of the ladder match. They had a special <laughs> ladder for him. So it's it's got all of the regular Donkey Kong ma uh, mazes. Plus, it also adds its own maze. I mean, look at this. It's got its own... Think about doing the the conveyor belt scene in characters. I mean, look at that. It's yeah. incredible. You know, that they can this even is off. the kind of thing. We, we always talk about transcodes and how I hate them. And I'll tell you, this is why <laughs> I don't like transcodes. Because I would much rather see somebody ingeniously recreate a Donkey Kong level with ASCII characters, even yeah. though it doesn't look anything like real Donkey Kong. To me, it's just more interesting to look at that and to admire the genius that Watch Donkey it. move. Look at that. I love that. He just sashays right yeah, over. Yeah, he, he climbs the ladder. The cinematics are in there. Dude. It's, Eat it, Atari this version. Is a, listen, if you have... 
I, don't listen to me. Go to your nearest YouTube and check this out, or check it out in the show. That's uh, M the Sharp MZ700 on ARG Presents this week. We had a lot of fun uh, with this one, Boat. Um, <clears throat> let's head over to the Amiga stream team. We're getting a lot more action here now because we've got uh, more contributors uh, than we've had in the past. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, did we cover the Tandy Color Computer recap that uh, 48K did? I'll, just, I'll just pitch it again. Let's pitch it again, man. Uh, um, we've got 48K RAM on board now. And this is a stream where he recapped the Color Computer 3. I, I hate to have lost this because that's a handy thing to have a video footage of. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we've also got a contributor, our good buddy Happy at Happy Coding. Home cooking. And Happy's showing you how to do stuff on your ZX. Complicated crap. It makes programming that robot look like nothing, like oh setting your alarm clock. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you want to get a, a, a bite-sized lesson on coding from a, a, a true genius, mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that because he put me in games, but he's also a smart man, D please check out the Happy Coding lectures here as he goes through these. Sometimes he even have his guests on these things too, but he would say he might have me on one time. Oh, man. I'd love to see you. Listen, I would be... What would I do when I was on there? Well, you know, I scratch gave, my last head. time during ICC, I actually gave Happy Coding some tips on programming. Oh, I did you? I remember that. Yeah, and by the way, uh, uh, Curtis is impressed, so there you go. Now, I did watch this one. I caught the end of it. I was late, but I made it to the party. This is our good buddy, the Flaxter. Yeah. Rob O'Hara. And this week on the Sprite Castle Plays, it's Marble Madness uh, boat. We both love Marble Madness, don't we? Yes. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. They played many different varieties of Marble Madness, but could not get the Amiga one to work. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, I don't know. Yeah, I maybe they didn't want to walk on outside of the street. Of maybe course, that not. didn't stop me from playing Commodore games this week. But, uh, yeah, this was a great show. Uh, Flack <clears throat> played all the Marble Madnesses. Then he even loaded up the, the newest one that, that uh, just got the code release for it. Believe it or not, this is the first time I actually got to sit down and watch somebody play this. What do you think? Um, I can see why they didn't release it, if I'm honest. It's because a, it, it definitely I don't was not like, a good environment for I don't Marvel like Man. the human, I don't like the cartoony touches mm -hmm. uh, involved in it, uh, uh, if I'm honest. But it was still neat to play. I'll still play it. Oh, yeah. You know, it just it looked weird to me. Here, here he is playing. This is uh, some of the higher levels of, the, here he is trying to run the Amiga version. But anyway, it's good stuff. I'm telling you. I can't stress this enough. <clears throat> Flack is an entertaining cat. Yes. Uh, it doesn't really matter what he's playing. Just tune in for the game. Stay for the hilarity. Mm -hmm. It's always good stuff. I should mention that Sprite Castle featured uh, this game <clears throat> this past week's uh, Marble Madness from the C64. And we, I don't know if we mentioned that you don't know Flack was about destroying media a couple yeah. weeks ago. It was also an interesting episode. I love that episode. Yeah, I very good. It. I've also used the magnet now and again. Mm -hmm. uh, but <clears throat> last but not least... I watched this one live when it was first released. This is another uh, 48K RAM joint. You cannot get enough of the VIC-20. Boy, I turned the corner on the VIC. You used uh, to not be a fan. I was not. And a TI, too. Mm -hmm. Both of them. Uh, and so uh, this is just what you think it is. He loads up some, some uh, VIC stuff and gives it a go. You know, always entertaining. Uh, and, of course, this is another guy. Like, it doesn't really matter what he's doing. He's always entertaining and thoughtful. He's... Mm -hmm. He's got he lays lays down the good vibes. He's a cool he's a cool customer. Yeah, mode. he does it all. He does <clears throat> hardware stuff, playing games, demos, good variety. I, I wish I could just streams. lean back and be a cool guy. Well, I'm just too jumpy to do it. You are. You know, I try, but no one's buying it. Are they? I don't know. There you go. 
The only time you sold it was when you wore that wig. <clears throat> you mean that seventies episode? Yeah. That was that was pretty good. That's all we got, Boat. All right. Well, Aaron, you know, before we get to the end of the show, we should talk about a little thing we like to call Amigathon. Oh man, it's coming. So, if you had to guess how many years we've done Amigathon for, what would you guess? Oh, six? Yeah, you're right. This is Amigathon year six. <clears throat> there you go. Year six. This is the year, Aaron, where we will have turned the corner on $20,000 raised for the Children's Miracle Network. Really? How long, far do we have to go to get that? Less than $100. Oh, thank God. Because <clears throat> yeah. oh, that was too much pressure. <laughs> yeah. Wow, how much? Yeah, 20000 Holy smokes! Really? Yeah. Last week in the mail, I got a challenge coin. They sent me a challenge coin yeah. from Extra Life yeah. that, that we'd raised $10,000. So, I meant to bring that to you tonight, I forgot. Can you believe that, Boat? We've got some very generous listeners and viewers. We do. We do. Uh, and all we had to do was, it's a, for, for 12 to 24 hours, sit around like a Gideon's, and mm. the money comes rolling in. Yeah. It yeah. could be pity money, now I think about it, but well, still, we'll take it. We're already doing pretty well. I think that we've already raised about $600 uh, just before, we even, before we've only just begun. That's how I like to do it. That way the pressure's off when you actually just go to get it. Because really, you're sitting around playing games for 12 hours. That's right. I'm not buying it. So, on Saturday, July 30th, starting at, I think we're going to kick this thing off. I can't even remember. Eight, uh, eight or nine. Eight or nine, something around there. We're going to go 12 solid hours. The first four hours will be at Amigo Studios. The remaining eight hours will be here at Amigo Studios East. Oh, man. That's right. With uh, the Brent... And perhaps a mystery special guest. Yeah, the sec the, the last four hours, I, I don't know yet. Nine a.m. to nine p.m. There you go. Thank you, it, it's, it's written right there, ironically. Yeah. So uh, good because I get to sleep in a little bit there. It should be fun. This is we're doing. This is the throwback, rollback, retro rewind year where we just get back to what brought us to the dance boat, mm-hmm. playing some good old fashioned meager games. That's right. Should be fun. I'm, look, know, I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, Retro Rewind also points out that uh, out of the generosity of his heart, yeah. their hearts up there in Canada, they will be matching the first $1,000 donated. Oh. So as soon as we tick over $1,000 donated, boom, we're going to get another grand really? right there. Jeez, yeah. thank you. Thank you, uh, RetroRewind.ca. We appreciate that. That's awful kind of. Absolutely. And, uh, Frank's a very charitable fellow. So if you would like to donate right now, you can go on over to bit.ly slash Amigathon 2022 and uh, kick in, help some sick kids, and uh, keep the Amiga dream alive. Yeah. Now, thank you, everyone. Thank you. And listen... One last thing, and I want to mention this, especially this year. Times are tough in a lot of places. If you can't, if you can't chip in, don't feel bad. If you don't want to chip in a little bit, don't feel bad. It's tough, and I've been down there. You've been there too, Bo. Absolutely. Where you're, you're down, you're, you're uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. <clears throat> we don't want anybody to get any sort of like pressure or think that this is something you got to do. It is what it is. If you can't do it, that's the way it goes. And if you can do it, we appreciate it. So, Aaron, uh, before we move on. Do you have anything cooking tonight that we should know about? I think I do have something cooking, Boat. I think I'm going to try. I'm going to steal a page out of the Froadster's book. I'd actually, I'm stealing a page out of my own book. A few years ago. <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because a few years ago when we were doing this show, I had this cunning series in my mind. I was going to be going through the Amiga's release schedule year by year. Oh, yes. I remember this. And we did the first two or three years. Mm-hmm. And you didn't seem too keen on it. I gave up. So... I'm bringing it back, brother. Tonight, I'm going to play everything that was released. Even all the text adventure games? Everything I can get oh, hold man. of, we're going to play, at least have a go at. <laughs> I'm going to get on Lemon and go a year. We're going to do it year by year. Okay. 
And we're going to, uh, we, now listen, I can't guarantee we're going to know what we're doing or enjoy what we're doing, but we're going to give it a shot. It probably will be, there's so little in the early, so it mm. may be 85 to 86 tonight. You can probably get two years in. All I know is the Archon's in there. That's, a, that's a, after that, <laughs> who knows? So that's, I think that's how we're going to play it tonight, but on the Friday night disaster. So they'll, they, be at, they, they'll be at 8.30, back the, at 8.30 the tonight. Question, so then no suspense, you're going right into going it. Going right into okay. it tonight. We'll All bring right. back suspense after me gets on. Okay. I'm too busy good. to get one prepped. That sounds good. <clears throat> All right, Aaron. Well, it's time to move forward to the end part of the show where we talk about the Patreon song challenge from Ooh, last week. Man, last week's was rough. So last week, I did a medley of songs from the hit Broadway musical West Side Story. Yeah, one of them tipped it off for me, but and but it was it was tough sledding. Uh, as far as I can remember, I did. Um, I started out with America, then the stirring ballad is somewhere. Then I finished it off with the prologue, or sometimes it's known as Cool. So not that week it was. It? <laughs> uh, that is, uh, and we want to thank uh, Barkbit. Pixels of Dawn, Jigglebox, Mitsuyama, who nailed them all. Mitsuyama got all three. Uh-huh. And Pac Billy. I knew Pac was going to yeah. be in there. I can't wait to people figured that out. Yeah, well. I thought you were having a fit. I was going to call 911. Have you seen the musical? <clears throat> they kind of look that way, too. Well, that's they're true. Dancing they do dance really spastically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we want to... Uh, Oh, we got a new patron this week, Aaron. Oh. Yeah. Robot Doctor 82. Oh, I know him from uh, the Flack Show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming over, Robot. We salute you, Robot. Listen, we can't have doctors in the house. Now, I do want to say <clears throat> that we recorded this uh, this uh, Patreon song. This is a new song from the June Bugs. Oh, thank God. So, oh, uh, thank you, sweet Lord. For those of you that were wondering what happened to the June Bugs, we're back, baby. We're better than ever. So we hope you enjoy this. If you know the answer, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. You're watching in the chat. Don't answer in the chat. Keep it real. Send me the email. Hit it. Pack Billy, Rob McDavid, Howard Price, Jazz Dog, Daniel James Miller, R. Typer. Bumface, Blue Hands, Chris Edwards, Petzl, Alarm, Albert, Kim, we like what we like. Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman, Beer, Wander, Lee, Chesum, Mark, Richards, and David, Ram, okay, Ram, okay, David Terrace, Two Carlos, Matthew, Mobius, Mobius, the Phantom Mag. David Z, George Rosensky, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family Crazy Loomis, William Vinter, Scar, Heavy Systems, Frag Lord Mark, Fireman, Olaf, Hope, Alien, Freedom. Velociraptor, Calvary Boy, Daniel Williams, Hudson Bob, the Bayes, Frodo, and Sold in Sounds and Tank Mage, Young and Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dickton, 
Will advance in Kathy Kelly has a treason Kate Fox David Pickford Cameron Armstrong Andy Jones Robson Minato Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Who knows what that is? So, again, John at AmigosPodcast.com. Good yeah. job, June Bugs. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Keep that coming. You saved me from a lot of headaches. I want to thank uh, Lobsterminator on guitars there. The one and only Reflection on bass. Nice. And Graham W. Vebke, the birthday boy yeah. himself. Nice work. Keeping it real yeah. on the drums. Man, I'll tell you, great band. If yeah. they could get a lead singer, they might go somewhere. I know. That's why I tell them all the time. All right, Aaron, we also want to thank our Twitch subscribers, the people that watch us live every Friday at 5 o'clock. I uh, want to thank Lumen808, Negsol, Spinny108, ProtoNL, BeachBum7, Wing Chun Wolf, Vingatorixio, Retro Jerry, Uber Scuba Diver, Mitsuyama, John Marshall3, L. Curtis Boyle. Oh, uh, hail. That's right. Paul Kitching, Brother Bill, Jason Warren's Amiga Live, Ferocity, Wishbone, Thursobard, Da Crabs MTG. Gary Heather, Grizzla, Amy Ooh. Steph, Blue Jellyfish, Back to 8-Bit with Hermsky, Blue Train, Steve Burtz, Great Algae, LaMasta, Eeyore4077, Pajaco6502, Pixels of Dawn Gaming, Jigglebox, Explorer, R-Typer, RetroRewind.ca, mm. Pixel Rages, Real Retro Dude, Mike A3000, Buck Owens, Mash Pie, Texas Foosballer, Twilight Zoner, Still Adolescing, Oil of Hope, Monzamess, Chris Edwards and Chris Edwards Restoration. Beautiful. Hey. It's the Kim Justice crew. That's right. Hey, Kim Justice crew. Thanks for the raid. Listen, I need to get together with Kim sometime, and I'll tell you why. Because Kim Justice digs the wrestling, as you know. Yeah. And I watch the wrestling stuff, as you know. Of course, she did that special birthday thing for me. It was mm -hmm. awesome. I love that, Kim. Uh, keep the wrestling coming. And, uh, you know... Uh, if you've been living under a rock, there's a lot going on in wrestling right now, a lot of controversy going on. But I don't like that. I like the stupid crap. Mm -hmm. Example, uh, just the other night, this girl turned evil. She was a skater girl. Really? She's going to clock the good girl with a skateboard. She lifts the board high in the air, and just as she brings it down, it breaks in half because it's a gimmicked board. Oh. So she's got nothing. <laughs> she hits her with nothing. That's what keeps now me did, coming back. Did the other girl sell it? <laughs> You got that right. Oh, that's great. She, you got that right. She sold it because you got to. You got to. Because this is what happens when you put your remedial low-end wrestlers on national TV live, and you give them balsa wood skateboards. You know, it was it was great. They have they've had a, they've had weird zombies on there. They've had the guys that get killed in the in the swamp. They've had a dude set on fire. You know, that's the kind of garbage that keeps me coming back. I love it when the guy lit his boot on fire and then he got hurt. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm, I'm going here for a reason, because uh, if, for all the fans that just came in uh, of Kim Jessica, we also 
listen, no one does the documentaries like Kim Justice. She just released a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to be broadcasting pro wrestling live. That's We're going to be right. calling all the action at the BGW Arena tomorrow night. That's Saturday, uh, July 16th. Bell time, I believe, is 7.30. 7 p.m. Oh, 7 p.m. Uh, it's going to be myself, uh, the Southern Dandy, John Buttercarshaw, and Professor Wrestling, Tim the Hoser Leg. We'll be calling all the action. The main event will feature Alan Five Angels, who just uh, was in AEW and has also just appeared in Impact. So if you're a wrestling fan, we're talking three hours of free pro wrestling. Come over to our Twitch channel. You're watching it right now. What do you got to lose? It's going to be funny. It'll be wacky. It'll be all the stuff you get from good old-fashioned Southern Fried Wrestling. I can't wait, Boat. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You know, the card is stacked. We've got everybody from Super Oprah to the Circus of Pain. And you've also got literal legend Sumi Sakai is going to be on the show. I know Kim knows who that is. We're also going to have uh, Kimberly on the show. These are famous people. Sumi Sakai trained by legitimate Japanese uh, female wrestling legends. Uh, And she's a legend herself. The fact that we get someone like that to come literally in our backyard is quite remarkable. Plus, you're going to have all those wacky guys that you love, Bo. Oh, yeah. You're going to have General Lee. You're going to have Paparazzi the out there. The Captain and Paparazzi are it's your new tag team. What's the name of that nautically-themed yeah. bad guy squad? They're the, the Naughty Boys. The Naughty Boys. So that's going to be that's going to be <laughs> solid gold. So please, if you, if you think about it, creep on over to the Amigos uh, Retro Gaming uh, Twitch channel. You're watching it right now. Give us an ad and tune in for some wrestling. And if you're watching this after the fact, it'll be up on our channel. So you can go uh, catch it in its entirety, but it should be a lot of fun. That's right. Well, guys, we're going to hang it up for this uh, evening. Except but for one we thing. before we do, we need to talk about what we're going to play next week. Let's see what we got, Boat. Survey says, bam. This one struck me as odd. It's the hunt for Red October. Oh, now, yeah. apparently there are two versions of this game, Aaron. There's a yeah. the strategy title, no. and there's the shooter. Yes. We're playing the shooter, baby. Have you ever seen this film? No. Is it worth watching? It's got the, yeah, oh gosh, yeah. I remember liking it. Really? Uh, back in the day. I mean, it's got Sean Connery in it. I've never seen Doss Boot, either. Well, listen, you are gonna. You almost got kicked with Doss Boot after you hit me with that glove at Boat Fest. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. You're going to start calling you John Boot in the face car, Charler. <laughs> Yeah, should be fun. I'm looking forward to this one, Boat. Yeah. So, guys, we will see you next time. And until then, adios. adios.